If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are focused on goal achievement for new FRs. And it seems only fitting that we would have a goal achievement coach as our guest speaker. Hence, I would like to welcome Miss Kristen Burke. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited to have you here. Let me do a quick formal introduction and then we'll dive into some good conversation around goal achievement. I'm super excited for our conversation today. So as a goal achievement coach, Kristen collaborates with service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Her clients excel with goal clarity, grow their confidence, and consistently pursue progress in the direction of their goals. Kristen hosts the Elite Achievement Podcast, which I love listening to, and is a growth and development enthusiast. She launched her coaching practice after advancing in her corporate career from an intern to a senior level director. During her tenure with a Fortune 100 financial services firm, Kristen coached hundreds of small business owners as they developed and grew their practices. The achievements of the recruits and professionals under her guidance led to setting multiple company records in her organization and throughout the country. She has spoken at numerous annual meetings, regional meetings, leadership clinics, and women's summits. She is married to her high school sweetheart, Joe. They have a darling, vivacious eight-year-old, Scarlett. And in her free time, Kristen enjoys finding flow through her hot yoga practice. I am also a fan, love hot yoga, her Peloton rides and reading. And on a fun note, if I'm not mistaken, based on social media and a quick conversation, just celebrated a big birthday with an awesome trip and vacation. Yeah, so I turned the big 4-0 in January. And where did your trip looked amazing? The trip was actually fantastic. So I, I celebrated my birthday for a good two weeks, which I think we should all <laughs> celebrate our birthdays for a little bit longer. As, but it, I had as a, it should be. I agree. Absolutely. I had a couple of really good girlfriends come and visit me here in Los Angeles. And so we spent a couple of days running around town in LA, going to the spa, playing golf. And then I flew with my daughter to meet my husband down in Florida and we spent a night in Miami and then we flew over to Turks and Caicos, which it was my very first time in the Caribbean and it was incredible. The best, like the best birthday I've ever had. And Aww. one of my other best friends flew over and joined us in Turks and Caicos as well. So I felt very loved and very celebrated as I oh, turned As 40. you should, as you should. That sounds amazing. Nice. Well, welcome back to reality. <laughs> Yeah, we're glad yes. you're here. Back to reality. Back to reality. <laughs> well, as our listeners know, our podcasts focus on activity coaching and getting FRs off to a fast start. And obviously, goal setting is a very crucial part of that coaching process. And as a goal achievement coach, I'm sure you coach professionals at all different stages of their careers. But I'd like to focus on those that are very, very new in the business for now, likely those that are in their first six to 12 months or so. 
So just in general, how would you help new advisors set goals? And are there any nuances or different approaches that you would take with somebody that's very new in the business versus an experienced advisor? Those are great questions. And I'll let your listeners know I have experience with new advisors. So in my former role, I was an activity coach and I was an activity coach for years. And in fact, there was one year where we actually broke the pace setter record for the number of pace setters in our organization. That is awesome. What was the record, Kristen? Oh, I want at the time, I think it was eight or nine. And we had, I think it was 11 pace setters that year. Wow. That's awesome. In one year. Nice job. Congrats. Very cool. In one year. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I think it's really important when you're working with a new financial representative to get really clear on what's important to them. So there's a a lot of different goals and a lot of different metrics that each office is focused on promoting. And I know there's been a shift to new clients as of late. And when you're able to connect the importance of new clients to what an individual wants, that's where the magic can happen. And then you can even go a layer deeper and start connecting the high activity to what that individual wants. And now you're really marrying the need to go out and do the fact finders and do the qualified suspects and make the dial with what that goal is going to allow that individual to achieve. So I think those early months when you're coaching a new financial rep, it's really about blending those metrics that are super important to an organization that we all know is going to help these FRs get off to a great start with what they want personally. We've done a couple episodes on the sort of what do I want and what motivates people. And I would agree it's personally what they want. But the knee-jerk reaction, I believe, for a really new person is to tell you what they've been told, right? Which is, I want 40 lives. I want 25 new clients in the first six months. I want you, right? I mean, that I think is not uncommon. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is what we want them to do. But like you said, I think it's helping understand what makes that important to them. So if I get that response from somebody, I like to dig a little bit deeper, you know, like, well, what about 25 new clients would be important to you or, you know, tie that to something personal? What would that allow for you? I'm a huge fan of asking questions, like the art of asking questions, using that as a coaching tool is my go-to. What type of questions do you like to ask new advisors to help get them started with goal setting? I think that's a great point you bring up that a lot of times new advisors will share what what they've been told. And so in addition to digging into what they share, what's important about that to you, or how does that move you closer to your vision? I think you can even go a step further with advisors. And one of the things I would always say is, tell me about a goal you achieved outside of the business. Tell me about the goal. What was that goal? And why was achieving that goal important to you? And now you start really unearthing what is their motivation? What is it that they're going after? Are they striving for recognition? Are they striving for stability? Are they striving for impact? And when you start to uncover those motivations, now you can start connecting that to the goals that they have in an organization. And so an example of that is if I find out an advisor is really, really passionate about impact, well, I'm going to encourage them to think about a goal that centers around new clients versus lives. And If they're writing the new clients, the lives are going to come, right? That kind of really all works together. If an advisor is really passionate about recognition, like that's really important to them, well, now we're going to focus on lives and like, how do we get to 100 lives or then 150 lives or maybe 200 lives? And then guess what? Those new clients, they should also come as long as they are still doing those fact finders. So 
I think taking it a layer deeper and getting into what's the motivation behind the goal, why did you want to achieve that goal, is really important. Yeah, almost impossible to separate goal setting from motivation. They go hand in hand, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Sabina, any thoughts on your end or questions? Nope, I think that's absolutely critical, finding out what people want. because And you're, you're spot on in that people will tell you what they think you're suppo- they're supposed to tell you. And that, that's why I like to hear you say dig in, because the, the first answer is usually not the real answer, right? Like it's the thing that I'm supposed to say. And I think sometimes that questioning is the self-discovery process. They might not know that, but you're taking them on that journey. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll hear advisors say all the time, they're like, okay, I want to write 100 lives and I'm going to get 60 new clients and I'm going to do 250000 a premium and I'm going to roll over $2 million of assets under management. And it's like, okay, let's take a pause. You said a lot of really awesome things. <laughs> Out of those, which is the most important to you and why? Because I find if they're if they're focused on all of them, it, it can be overwhelming. And there's different activity levers that you pull or different strategies you go after based on if you're going for premium lives or new clients or assets. And so continuing to dig in and get that level of clarity is so important as a coach. So would you say one big goal is better than a lot of smaller goals? I think it really depends on the person. For most new advisors, One big goal is better than a lot of small goals. Now, I say it depends on the person because you might have someone that comes into your organization who's a career changer and they're very experienced with setting goals and strategic planning and they've done a lot of this work. And so they might be motivated to focus on a couple of different things. They might have a practice goal. They might have a production goal, a practice management goal, an education goal. But you might also have a new advisor who comes in and, and they might not have experienced goal setting. And that's where if you can narrow their focus onto one most meaningful goal, it's going to be incredibly significant. I heard this once on a podcast. I was listening to a Rachel Hollis podcast several years ago, and she talked about the impact of having one big goal. And she described it as picture a lake. So picture a really, really calm lake. And if you throw a bunch of pebbles into that lake, it'll make a bunch of tiny splashes. But if you throw a big monstrous boulder into that lake, it's going to make a huge splash. And because of that ripple effect, you're probably going to hit some of those smaller goals along the way. So I would say as a coach, it's important to check in on the experience level of the advisor or the FR you're working with. And if they are not as experienced with goal setting and goal achieving, get them to narrow their focus. That's a great analogy. I love a good analogy. Thank you. (laughs) So I have a question for you. Do you find that there are different types of goal setters? Like some people will set a goal and they will exactly get the goal. Some people like set a huge goal knowing they're not going to get it, but knowing that it'll pull them further and so forth. Yes. And I'll sometimes ask, okay, are you the type of person who wants to set the goal and achieve the goal. And if you don't achieve the goal, it is going to wreck your confidence. You're going to feel awful. You're going to go into this horrible headspace and not want to want to be productive after. Or are you the type of person that gets really motivated by stretching these, setting these monstrous stretch goals? And if you come close, that's good enough. Because if you're the kind of person mm-hmm. that's going to go into that deep, dark space because you didn't achieve the goal, that's when I think that you might want to set more of the realistic goals. But if you're the kind of person where you're like, hey, good enough is okay. Let me go for that stretch goal and see what happens. Then I think you could go after some of those monstrous goals. But I'll hear this a lot with new FRs and advisors. So they'll hit, let's say, $100,000 of premium in the calendar year. And then all of a sudden, they're now going to hit Lives Leader Summit in the awards year. And you're like, okay, talk, talk me through that. <laughs> what are the strategies and how are we going to get there? What, what can change about your business? And so... 
I think a lot of times I, I think about goals in terms of like stepping stones. And, you know, do you want to grow really significantly or do you want to grow steadily? And that's that's something that I've been talking to my own coach about is we can have the significant growth that's going to really stress our processes and we might not be ready to maintain that level of growth or we can have steady growth where we're growing, you know, 20% year over year. We're building our systems, building our processes along the way. I love that. Grow significantly or grow steadily. That's really good. And such a great question, Sabina. Are there different types of goal setters? And I know there's a difference between goals and commitments. We talk about that all the time in our activity coaching. You know, a commitment is a promise. It's short term. It's something you have absolute control over. But I think you can tell pretty quickly when you're coaching advisors, if they miss their commitments consistently, those first few times they set them, I know typically like, okay, this person would rather set a really big goal and they're okay with not hitting it. So I, I think that's just a quick way to understand what type of goal setter they are is just by looking at their commitments and how they're doing those first couple of weeks. But such a, a great thing to think about. I have not asked FRs that before, but I'm, I'm going to moving forward. <laughs> and I'll say too, with commitments, one of the things that I've learned is that FRs will make different commitments to different people. So they'll go into their activity coaching meeting and make a commitment. They'll be in a Monday morning meeting, they'll make a commitment. They'll go to their MD or their GDD or their FD or their mentor and they'll make a commitment. And yeah. then they go to Client Builder and they make a commitment. Right. And they are usually all different commitments. They got, they're focusing on prospecting in this area and fact-finding here and kept appointments. And so one of the things that I was always really big on when I was in the office is how do we make those commitments make sense? Yeah. So if you've got your monthly client builder, right? They need to align because that's going to simplify mm -hmm. the process for you and make it easier for you to follow through. Through. And then if you can start to layer that commitment onto why it's so significant with your goal, now you have even more fuel, even more motivation, you know, behind that commitment. Kristen, tell us a little bit about your approach to accountability or progress towards goals. Yes, I love accountability. Let's, let's just be <laughs> honest. We all need accountability. Even I need accountability. I have a weekly call with a dear friend of mine who's also a business owner. And we started our businesses around the same time. And we get on the phone every week. We're in totally different industries. We do different work, but we have this accountability call because I don't want to show up and tell her that I didn't do my outreaches or in FR speak, my dials to grow my business. So I think we all need accountability. Mm -hmm. Where I think a lot of the challenge comes in offices is that there isn't the relationship present to hold people accountable. Or there's a lot of one size fits all accountability that's happening. There's a lot of, hey, just go do more dials. It'll solve all your problems. Go get more referrals. It'll solve your problems. And while a lot of times that advice is not wrong, I mean, usually it ends up being we need to do some more consistent activity. I think that there's a lot of different things we can do as coaches to really, truly help advisors. So one of the things that I recommend, and I, I recommend this if I do work with newer coaches, I recommend that you have an expectation meeting with advisors when you first start coaching with them. So in that very first meeting, you have a discussion around accountability. And going back to your point around asking questions, you ask, hey, what has your experience been with accountability? Who's held you accountable before? What did you like? What did you not like? What have been your past coaching experiences? And in that expectation meeting, you can get that buy-in from that FR to say, yes, I want you to hold me accountable. And you can ask them, hey, what are the big goals you're working on as you grow your business? What's most important for you to achieve in your first three months, your first six months? And how do you want me to hold you accountable? And you know what I would hear most often when I would ask that question? I want you to be honest. I want you to tell me the truth. And that, as a coach, that's what you want because now you're like, game on. I can just be real and honest with these numbers. So much of it goes back to that 
foundation that you set with them when you first start coaching. It's so much easier to go back when you've had that initial really effective foundational meeting. I, you know, it, it's such a simple question, but how do you want me to hold you accountable? And it's, I will say, tell me about a time that you've been coached before. How do you like to be coached? But I think there's a difference between saying coached and how do you like to be held accountable? I think they really are two different questions. And like you said, the whole relationship piece is huge. I know Sabine and I have always said accountability without relationship is harassment. Yeah. Sometimes it can take a little bit to build that, but I think it's just by asking permission to hold people accountable. And like you said, asking how they want to be held accountable, such a small, seems like such a small thing, but can really have big impact. Absolutely. So how do you help FR stay connected to their goals? So what I recommend is that you have very intentional review processes. And in my business, I do three different review processes. And I, I recommend this to my clients. And, and I did some of this when I was, you know, working in the office. Client Builder is a really great way. It's kind of a system that's already built in where it's once a month happening for these FRs. But the three processes that I recommend are number one, every week, do the Friday ritual. And the Friday ritual is you write down your weekly wins, the lessons that you learned, and your priorities as they relate to your goals. So this is in addition to your posting and planning that should be happening every single night. And I'll say that again, it should be happening every single night because it gives you an idea of where you're at in your business. This is in addition to that posting and planning. You're really going back through the week and you're celebrating your wins because what I found, and especially what I found working with women FRs, is that a lot of times women are always focused on what they didn't get right, what's not going well, what they still have left to accomplish. And so going back and having a practice where you're looking at your calendar and figuring out how did I win? Oh, I had this great fact finder. I got 20 referrals this week. You're celebrating those little wins. It builds confidence. Then noting the lessons that you learned, it helps remind you that failure is a part of the goal achievement journey, that we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to have areas where we want to improve our language or maybe next time we'll schedule joint work. Or You're just going back and you're noting those lessons so you don't keep making the same mistakes and you build your courage muscle. And then that third piece is going back and looking at your priorities as it relates to your goals. You're making sure, hey, I'm doing the right activity to get the goals that I want. And if I was a little behind on activity this week, how do I need to make it up next week? And what do I need to do differently with prospecting next week? So it's this very intentional weekly practice. Then I recommend we do a month-end goal review. And one of the things that I do is anyone who's on my email list, we send out a reminder because look, we're all as business owners, we're busy and FRs are busy. And so this email comes out to my community that is identifying the steps of this month and goal review process. But essentially, you're going back and you're writing down your goals for the month. So you're remembering what you actually set as your goals. And then you're checking your progress. Where are you on pace? Where are you off pace? What do you still need to do? And at the end of that month end review process, you're setting the, hey, these are my intentions for the next month. And these are the priorities for the next month. And then the last review process I'll talk about is the quarterly review process. And this is where every quarter taking a couple of hours out of your business to really dive into those annual goals and say, hey, what's working? What's not working? And what do my priorities need to be for the next quarter? I love it. I love a good process. All of this is so good. I'm taking notes. A couple things. I want to be added to your month-end email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, me, me, me. We can do that. That's easy. I know. <laughs> but I will say, I love, I follow you on social media, and I love your Friday ritual reminders. Every once in a while, Thank I'll you. see you post that. And it is. It's just such a good reminder, especially the celebrating wins. I've been sharing this a lot lately, but in a recent Harvard Business Review podcast, actually, it's probably a year or two old now, but you know, we've always talked about the feedback sandwich 
sandwich and how every time you give somebody some a piece of feedback and it's negative, you have to give them two positives. But the data is saying now that we as humans need, I think it's either 5.6 or 6.2 positive pieces of feedback wow. for every negative, which is kind of crazy. Wow. It sounds exhausting as a coach. But I mean, it gets to your point about taking time out to celebrate your wins. That's a huge part of the goal. I mean, if you're constantly lagging behind, it can be exhausting trying to reach those goals. So pausing to celebrate the wins is just makes sense to me in terms of a check-in for goals. Sabina, any questions or thoughts on your end? Okay, I remembered my question. Yes. So let's talk about quantum leap, like quantum leap goals. Someone comes to you and they have a goal that is so crazy compared to anything they've done before. How do you talk through that with them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm currently working with a client right now who has a goal to finish number one on it's the fast track the year-long program. They track your year after going to fast track. I knew I would get there. Yeah. It was like right at the tip of my tongue. And <laughs> and this this is a really, really big leap for her and her business. And so I think when it comes to quantum leaps, quantum goals, we can really connect it back to the four characteristics of goal achievers. So number one, it goes back to clarity. So it's going back to how we opened our conversation today and really getting crystal clear on why is this important? What is this going to do for you? And then starting to have the conversations around, well, what are you going to do differently? Because, you know, we all know if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, mm -hmm. that's the definition okay. of insanity. So we got to figure out, all right, this is important. Here's why I want to, here's what I'm going to do to go after it, how I need to change. And, and usually a lot of times it's around mindset, which leads us to our second characteristic of a goal achiever, which is confidence. So a lot of times when we're seeking to do something we've never done, we've got to do mindset work. And and one of the things that I've really learned as of late with mindset work is it's ongoing. It's not like all of a sudden you arrive and you've got this perfectly confident mindset right. that exists forever because life happens and rejection happens and things change in your business. So you need to have practices in place to constantly keep reinforcing the mindset that you want to have to achieve your goals. And so confidence on our goal achievement journey is when who you think you are aligns with action in order to achieve your goals. So there's that action part that's needed to achieve your quantum leap goals. And then our third characteristic of a goal achiever is courage. So if you're going to start doing something that you've never done or get results you've never done, you're probably going to need to take some more courageous action. And in the world of our FRs and our advisors, it's usually around prospecting. That's usually where the most courageous action is needed and especially getting really crystal clear on the qualified suspects that are going to get you to that next level production. So we have to get out of our comfort zone. And then the last characteristic of a goal achiever is consistency. So we, we know why we're doing the goal. We're clear. We're taking action. We're growing our confidence. We're doing the courageous things. Now we have to do it consistently. And this is not to be confused with 100% all of the time, perfect, but it's, hey, most of the weeks, 80% of the time, we're doing the things we need to do to move the ball forward to achieve our goals. And so I'm always talking about those characteristics of goal achievers. And then as I'm working with my individual clients, we're really narrowing down on that consistency piece. And that's where I come into play with the accountability or we're talking through the obstacles, making sure that they can stay consistent and execute their plan. So good. Again, four clear steps. Mm -hmm. Here's a question for you. When is it okay to give up on a goal? Oh, this is such a good question. Okay. <laughs> so if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to give up on this goal, it's just never going to happen, I recommend you go back to your vision. So again, going back to that clarity piece. And in our visions, they can and they should evolve over time as we grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. But go back to your long-term vision and ask yourself, is this goal still important 
to help me achieve this long-term vision? And if the answer is yes, we don't give up on the goal. We change the time frame or we change the strategies to achieve the goal. But if you're looking at that vision and you're like, oh man, I read this vision a few years ago. I'm a totally different person right now. My practice has grown. My practice has evolved. Then if that goal is no longer connected to the vision, then we probably need to rewrite rewrite our vision and think about a different goal. So I always recommend you go back to that vision. And then another layer is, are you wanting to give up because it got hard or because the goal is no longer mm-hmm. important to you? Because I think mm-hmm. we're tempted to give up when it gets hard or we're off track and it doesn't feel comfortable and it's not fun. But if that goal is still important to you, again, that's where you go back and you maybe change the time frame or change the strategies, but not the goal itself. So what if it is no longer achievable? What if it's not realistic? So let's take P40, for example. Sure. And you get to month four and a half or month five and they're at 12 lives and it's probably not going to happen. Tell me a little bit about that scenario. Well, I have seen some pretty magical Paysetter First 40s. I have seen 20 lives in like the last week of Paysetter First 40s. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go back and question what's not achievable about that. But let's say you go back and you question and really the inventory isn't there or the contacts aren't there. Then we start thinking about, well, what's another goal that you can focus on that's going to help you build your business? Because it's not like the business just ends at pace at a first 40 of the six month mark. So that might be a time mm-hmm. to start game planning. How do we now hit second 60? Which I've seen that happen as well. I've seen advisors not achieve pace at first 40, but then come around and mm-hmm. achieve second 60. And that's where in that month four, if we really don't have the inventory, we really don't have the qualified suspects, we are like totally out of people to call. There's no way pace at a first 40 is going to happen. Let's start building a game plan towards second 60 if that's important to that advisor. Yeah, I think that was that tends to be my go to strategy. I mean, first, we'll pull out all the stops, right? Like kitty policies, you know, all the things like where are we going to get them from? And I also think changing the goal to something a little more long term, because I also, you know, what is the like Rob Peter to pay Paul? or I don't know what the right analogy is, but the whole idea of I don't want their business to fall apart because they threw a bunch of, you know, I don't want to say junk, but crap lives, right? Like at the end and then everything reverses and they end up having all sorts of persistency problems or the reversals and et cetera. So I think it's a, it is a fine balance. And I love the idea of saying, let's look at the next six months. What is possible and how do we change the time frame? That's a good adjustment. I say if they start doing 25 to 30 fact finders in month four, month five and month six, it's going to really change mm-hmm. the trajectory of their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about an all or nothing mentality. Tell us a little bit about how that impacts goal achievement. Yes. Okay. So I'll give you a really common example that I think a lot of people can relate to outside outside of the business. So it's the beginning of the year and a lot of people set fitness goals and they'll go into the beginning of the year and this is the year they are going to work out. They're going to stop eating sugar. They're going to drink all the water. They've got these really <laughs> great goals for themselves and they do awesome on day one probably do awesome on day two. And then day three, it's like we snooze and we skip the gym. And this all or nothing mentality would say then, oh, forget it. That's it. It's over. I can never achieve my goal. Well, that's ridiculous. We still have a huge portion of the year left to achieve this goal. We have over 360 days left. So the all or nothing mentality is the one that stops you when you fall behind on one day. So for our FRs, it's like, If they set a commitment of 200 dials in a week and they miss one 40 dial day and then they just kind of give up, it's like, well, no, four days of 40 dials is better than no days of 40 dials. So it's really about knowing it's progress and not 
perfection. And if you miss one day, well, just don't let it turn into two or don't let it turn into three. If you miss one week, that we can really build our momentum back again. We we have far much more control over this than we think we do. We just get all up in our head and it becomes a mindset game. I would say that's where the importance and impact of activity coaching really comes in because one of the objectives of activity coaching is to catch those bad habits, right? Like it's okay to have one bad day, but as soon as you've had two or three, we have to get you back on track, right? With a consistent plan. And to me, that is just what makes activity coaching gold because it it allows you not to fall off too many days in a row before having that opportunity to get back on track. And I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but one of the things that I would do in activity coaching is if I found an advisor really off track, and we'll go back to the 40 dials a day, it's a very common example, I would start smaller then and then start to say, okay, for today's commitment, what is, right, what is a dial number that is meaningful, that is doable, that's going to move your business forward? And if they'd say 25, it's like awesome. And then they come back the next day and they did the 25. It's like, all right, now we did 25. It's like, do we, are we doing 25 again? Are we starting to like, up it a little bit. So I think that there's a lot of power in building towards a commitment if it's a miscommitment day after day after day. Sabine and I call that stair stepping. We often oh, get perfect. asked that we we often get that question, is it okay to set a commitment less than granum? And we're very much proponents yeah. of, you know, progress over perfection. I mean, it doesn't make sense to set a goal of 40 if they haven't been to 25 ever, right? So I think that is spot on. 30 minutes has flown by. We like to keep our podcast to a half hour, but we could have easily done, we could have easily done an hour. This has been so fun and it's gone by so fast. Sabina, any final questions or Kristen, any final, like if you, if there was one word of advice that you wanted to get out there to everybody before we wrap up and also if they're looking to, you know, learn more about what you do and how to get in touch with you, what should they do? Perfect. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at kristenburke.com. I'm also on social media, primarily LinkedIn and Instagram. On Instagram, it is at meet Kristen Burke. And I think you'll put all of those links in the show notes mm-hmm. so individuals can, can find us. And I would say for anyone that's out there listening to really spend the time to set intentional goals, write your vision, Take yourself through a reflection, brainstorm all the goals that are possible, and then set a plan for you to achieve your goals. And you'll surprise yourself at what you can achieve and accomplish. And I'll, I'll add this other note here too. I know a lot of your listeners are the coaches who are working with FRs and advisors. I would encourage all the coaches to take yourself through similar processes that your reps go through. Write your vision. Set your own goals. Every month when the reps are going to Client Builder, take a look at your own mini Client Builder. Build out some metrics that are important to you as a coach, and it's going to help catapult your career when you treat your coaching that you're doing in an office like a business and really, truly own it. Awesome, awesome advice. And what a fantastic way to end. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope to have you back. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. It was so wonderful to connect with you. Take care, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing. growing.